Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. Today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a very familiar word in America today with yoga studios on almost every corner and uh, and yet people have a very uh, narrow understanding that perhaps they think it just means uh, exercise. And actually yoga is a uh, broad philosophy, broad and deep philosophy, starting with the word, the meaning of the word yoga, which is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity. The bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. So our topic today on the Yoga Hour is Live Your Authentic Life. And we'll be looking at the questions, how do we truly live an authentic life? And how do we recognize and invest in what is truly essential? We're going to be looking at the processes of being and doing and how we may need to expand our self-definition to ex- include both of these aspects. And my guest today is Toinette Lippi, an author, editor, publisher, and artist. Her book, Caught in the Act, Reflections on Being, Knowing, and Doing, was republished in 2014. In 1989, she founded Bell Tower, where she published 70 books that nourish the soul, illuminate the mind, and speak directly to the heart. She began to study Chinese brush painting in 2000 and now teaches on the Upper West Side of New York City. 
She recently published On the Wing, Lyrical Moments, her first illustrated book for which Ganilla Norris wrote the text. She calls herself an almost Buddhist and has been meditating for over 40 years. You can find out more about her at her website, TwanetteLippy.com. And I, I must add that she has... Uh, uh, images of her beautiful brush paintings on the site as well. So that's definitely worth a visit. Toinette Lippy, it's T-O-I-N-E-T-T-E-L-I-P-P-E dot com. Welcome, Toinette. I'm delighted that you could join me today on the Yoga Hour. Yeah, it's wonderful to be here with you, even if we're thousands of miles apart. I know, it uh, sounds just like you're in the next room. It does, yes. <clears throat> So before we begin our dialogue about living your authentic life, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Oh. We can begin to turn our attention within by focusing on our breath. Our breath is a wonderful tool. It's always with us. And we can, it can help us bring our attention and awareness to the present. Whatever we are, wherever we are, and whatever we're doing. So just start by observing your breath, not trying to change it, just noticing its natural flow. Cool air entering the nostrils. And warm air flowing out. Our breath allows us to turn our attention within and open our heart to our essential nature. We can begin to feel our inner stillness, which is always there and always available to us. This one reality called by many names is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right here and now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone and everything. It's within us, between us, and all around us. Just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise. We can witness them and watch as they disperse. By turning our attention within and remaining in that present moment, we become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change, beyond sensation, pure existence being. 
We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being and allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Once again, Toinette Lippi, welcome to the Yoga Hour. So I've really been enjoying your book, Caught in the Act. I, I love the title for its kind of non-obvious meaning about doing rather than being. So what does being caught in the act mean to you? Um, I, it's, it's what I often and still do find myself doing. That is, I identify with the action, whatever I'm doing, I think that's what I am, rather than, Mm -hmm. uh, as you just described during the meditation, standing back a little and simply being aware of what's happening without claiming it. Yes, yes. I, I just love that little play on words. So how did you come to write the book? What drew you to these questions about being and doing? It, it was when I first uh, began to learn brush painting. I had no art background at all, and but everybody over the years had started giving me brush painting equipment. Oh. Um, and I just put it on a shelf. I had no idea why they were doing this. And then <laughs> one day I was uh, way downtown in Soho, and I passed uh, a little storefront that said Coho School of Sumie and I took a flyer and came home and that that was the beginning of my apprenticeship that was in 2001 and as I uh, took, started to take classes with um, Coho I, I found that I was always um, trying to, to do you know what I just described tried trying to do it rather than watch what was happening. And mm. I, I thought that this would be a wonderful opportunity to discover how it is we learn things. I couldn't remember learning to walk and talk, but I mm. thought maybe I can understand just by watching carefully and observing how it is that one learns to paint. And so that's how the whole thing began. And then I thought, I can't be the only person who is interested in this. Yeah. So I began to write about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you, I don't think you are the only person, uh, as uh, is uh, shown by the fact that you republished the book after, you know, 10 years after you had written it. So one of the things that I was interested to read in the book was that when you're in England, where you're originally from, you have found that people don't ask, what do you do? As we do here in America, that is just the first question that we ask practically when we meet someone. And this obviously says something about the way we see ourselves as if what we do determines who we are. And I encountered this myself when I retired from being a physician and a space opens up. 
with the loss of your former identity in which interesting and valuable questions can arise. So you originally wrote Caught in the Act in 2004. well, Does this issue in two thousand and three? So it was even three. Well, it's published. That's right. Yes. Right. So, uh, do uh, do you view this issue of defining ourselves by what we do any differently now that you have had more time to be rather than do? I think that you were when you first started the book. You also were uh, starting. Uh, you had stepped back from your full time job at that time as well. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's still disconcerting. I got to know. A neighbor by talking to her on the street the day before yesterday and she asked me you know what do you do so and suddenly I didn't know how to answer I was completely stuck for a minute and I thought wow. you know I can't give her a little lecture <laughs> I have to say something <laughs> right. so you know I, I said well I was in book publishing for 50 years and um, and now I'm a brush painter and teacher uh, I, you know, I could have made an entire litany. You know, I'm a, I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I, I'm a friend. I'm a writer. I, you know, there's many things one can say, but people don't really want to list. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I also was wondering. So, what do they ask in England? Do they ask about your garden? <laughs> what do uh, they do? They don't really ask, and if you start to tell them about the fascinating work that you do, they look at you rather strangely. <laughs> yes. You know, they don't want to talk about religion, politics, or work. Ah, and, interesting. Uh, so they talk about other things. Um, yeah. So it's it's a little difficult if you visit because you don't you haven't shared those other things. You know, you're not doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, in the at the beginning of the book, you talk about uh, this period of time when you did step back from your job, and your uh, your son Adam had graduated from college, and you you were interested in this question of discovering how to play. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is this is something that comes obviously easy to us when we're children, or easier to us when we're children. So now, as you look at this question, what what do you see as the difference between work and play? Um, I I don't think that I really learned to play as a child, and that's probably because I was born six months before the Second World War broke out mm-hmm. and life changed, and I ended up at, at four years old at boarding school because my wow. my parents felt it was not safe for me to live with them on an Air Force base, so my, my father was stationed because they thought it could be bombed. So they sent me to the country, And I didn't enjoy being at this school, so I don't have any really good memories of it. And then afterwards, it seemed to me that there was always work to do of one kind or another. And uh, I, you know, I I never took time off to do, to play. I mean, there are some people who don't take time off to work, right? (laughs) But, But I, you know, I guess... Um, my family had a strong work ethic, and um, they didn't play, so they didn't teach me to play. So it, it wasn't easy when, in 2000, when when my son on the day my son started work, when I quit my job and I decided I was going to learn to play. So the, the thing that that it seems to me about work is that you you're always being driven. 
yeah, and everything is is a demand. And so, what I still find is that I I have the sense that I need to do my chores first thing in the morning so that I can sit down at the table and play with my brush. Mm. So, but there are always more chores. So, <laughs> this is not a very good, good plan. Yes. And I, I, yes. the other thing I try to do is not plan, mm. but just well, I think be in the present and do what needs to be done. Well, I think you, you know, you touched on something there. So for me, you know, there's a quality of uh, in play where um, there is a spontaneous quality to it, and there's there is something of being in play where you need to be in the present moment in in order to really play. You can't be in the future or in the past because, um, you know, you're in, there's a way that it engages your, um, you know, your creativity, which I think is again, a present moment um, process. Creativity is not something that happens in the future or in the past. It happens in the, in the present moment. Um, so to me, one of the big differences in play is, is there's a lot more being in, in play, you know, than, than mm-hmm. doing um, and sometimes I was lucky enough to work in a job where I had that same quality, you know, of, of uh, certainly not for everything. And there certainly were tasks, as you as you said, there were tasks and deadlines and things that I needed to, you know, to uh, um, accept about it. But there were times that um, the boundaries kind of dissolved and it was uh, it, it had that quality of, of just being. I was fully present in the moment. There was a quality of flow to it. A lot of people talk about this, you know, this mm-hmm. uh, feeling of, of flow. I think that's a familiar uh, idea to people that there's a way that you engage so fully that it's almost like time disappears and you can come to yourself. Um, and it might even be that a few hours have passed and you've, you know, you've been so in the moment that you were unaware, you know, that that much time has passed. And I think also that um, play has to do with uh, simply enjoying what is, whatever ha- that happens yes. to be, right. accepting yeah. it rather than fighting it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So in this episode, we're talking about authenticity and this connection really between being, you know, the process of being and that as a process that helps us to discover and live our authenticity. So how does the idea of play fit in to this search for our authenticity? How does, how does it help us along that path? Um, I don't know that I can say more than what I just said it's about about enjoyment um because when when we think we have tasks to do we can um mentally grit our teeth right <laughs> right. Right. right and we do them because we know they have to be done but mm-hmm. we don't necessarily enjoy them mm-hmm. so um it, it's particularly clear with and uh, when i pick up my brush that you know i can approach it two ways i can do what I think um, I ought to be doing with it, mm. or I can oh, play with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that was very difficult to begin with. Everyone said, just play with your brush. And I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> I, wanted, I said, yeah. what's the right way to play with my brush? <laughs> Confusing <laughs> things even 
even more. But now I can yes. I can play and enjoy the result, whatever it happens to be. Right. I mean, there's always another piece of paper. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So, but what you just said, you know, um, you wanted to know the right way, you know, to play with your breath. Yes. So to me, that that's a time when our, our mind, you know, really is getting in between our thoughts or getting in between ourselves and just being, yes. um, you know, and I think for anyone who's tried to, um, you know, to to practice being, to practice, you know, presence and uh, to practice present moment awareness, you realize how quickly you get dis- distracted and, you know, how, how difficult it is to maintain, you know, over time. Um, but you notice things about yourself, you know, like you notice, you know, recurrent thoughts like, you know, that question about, <clears throat> excuse me, what's the right way to do it? <clears throat> if that's you know, a recurrent the right question. Way to yeah, yeah, but it's a common one. It's a really common one. You know, not wanting to, not wanting. You mean to I'm do not it the wrong. only person. You know, That's right. I, I don't believe. No, I don't believe you are. So, so this process of 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 being really that you've been exploring and and openness to play has that affected your spiritual practice? I know you you have mentioned that, uh, or in the um, background information that we reviewed on you you mentioned that you'd meditated for many many years now so has this this ability to be in the present has it has it changed your spiritual practice at all um what when i sit on my cushion let's just backtrack a minute when i was 20 i think 2021 i um encountered the maharishi and learned how to do tm which Mm -hmm. i did for many 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 years and then, it and it never worked for me. Maybe I should mm. have considered it play. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Right? It didn't yes. work, right? Yeah. So, but I, um, so eventually I stopped, and I thought, you know, there are other methods. You know, I can try this or that and see, see if it's more suitable for me for some reason. I tried counting my breaths. You know, I was taught to count to ten. And I'd find myself at 15. So that, <laughs> that wasn't any good. Sorry. I got caught up with, I lost track of the counting and then focused on the counting rather than on the breathing. So that didn't right, work. Right. But yeah. um, I, I was um, around, around the time after I had um, left uh, full-time employment, I went to a retreat by Tsokni Rinpoche, um, and he talked about the great space and falling into it, um, but he didn't explain how to do that. So I thought this was a wonderful idea, but I was left you know, without a real instruction. Mm. And then when I started to study brush painting, I, I, I got the key because... Um, for me and for many brush painting artists, the focus of the painting is the empty space, not what's in the space. Mm. And so gradually I I began, and I can't remember how many years ago it was, it seems like forever. When I sit on my cushion, um, I lower my gaze and I become aware of the space in the room, in the whole apartment, in the city. And Mm. 
I acknowledge all of the things that are in the space. Yes, there's furniture, carpet, you know, cushion, whatever, people. But it's the space that's important because without the space, those people couldn't move or be. Right, right. And and I find that very um, peaceful and freeing. I think freeing is the best word. So I try to dwell in that empty space. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I don't so. try. I, I am. In that. That's right. <laughs> Right. I try not to try. <laughs> That's right. That was very good that you caught that there. That yes. that was good, yeah. It's yeah. No good if you're still trying. Yes, yeah. You can spend an entire long period of time trying to meditate. Exactly. <laughs> it's not, not very effective. So um you you've just and been I describing also, I don't time it. Right. I don't yes. time it. I sit there, I dwell in the empty space. And then eventually I get up and, um, you know, get on with the day. But right. um, I, I, I found the timing of it um, also a, um, a trap, mm-hmm. like the counting. Yes, yeah. You can peek, keep peeking one eye open if your eyes are closed and <laughs> look, looking at the clock. Is it 30 <laughs> minutes? <laughs> yes, not very helpful. Yeah, so you've been mentioning brush painting, and in the book you had a quote that I enjoyed, which was, in painting, as in everything else, if you're always working for a result, then you're putting your life on hold. You can see the result in your mind, but it is in the future and hasn't happened yet. Or you can look back at what already took place, but that is in the unrecapturable past. Pure presence is the answer. So... In order for there to be that quality of pure presence, that really is what we've been talking about, um, you're describing the need to let go of attachment to a certain result. And um, this idea, this this non-attachment is one of the yamas, the ethical principles that make up one of the eight limbs of yoga, as described by Patanjali in the Yoga Sutras. So um, you describe uh, this puzzle of how to strike a balance between having a goal and yet not being so attached to that goal that it removes you from the present moment. So the idea of non-attachment doesn't mean that we just sit around and do, do anything. You know, it, it, it definitely is a process where you, you still have a goal, but there's a way that you hold that goal um, that that is not, I guess, insistent on, you know, a given outcome. That's what you are, uh, what you are, um, being more open about. So in your experience, um, that how is that, <laughs> that, that tension, you know, between, it's um, <laughs> yes, right. And how do we move beyond the desire for a specific result to that pure presence that you've been describing? Um, only by, um, by watching and waiting, I think. Um, when I'm trying to, um, it's not good to use this word trying, is it? <laughs> um, when, when I pick a new subject to paint, say it's a particular bird that I want to paint. I love painting birds and, and their wing shapes. Um, I usually start, I mean, yes, I go birding a lot. Um, but I can't 
get that close. And so I also use Google Images and find several images uh, of this bird so I can study it carefully. And I have those, I print those out and I have them on my painting table. And, and I, I look and um, try not to be distracted by the color because um, it's the shape that's important and the dimensions. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at the color, you don't like see the whole bird. And then uh, I look away from, I look on the blank, at the blank paper and I move the brush. I, I usually spend a long time, sometimes weeks, just with black ink because if mm. I can't do it in black ink, I can't do it in color. Right? Mm. <laughs> so I don't want yeah. to waste the, the paint. So I use the black ink and I, I paint what I have seen and, and what, what I'm not looking at, but I'm, it, I have it in the mind and I'm hoping oh. that it will appear on the paper. Mm. I, I trust that it will um, with a little practice. And I have very large sheets of white paper and I, I just keep going. I do one, I do not. I just keep going and fill every space on the paper. Um, and each one is slightly different, not because I deliberately did that. It's because... Uh, you know, you can never step into the same river twice because the water's moving. Um, and then, you know, at a certain point, I'll stop and I'll look at this and I'll see which one embodies um, the bird. And and I will have another go at doing it, like, bigger and more carefully and everything. But mm-hmm. I, I feel free to... Um, to use these sheets to to try to do it fast, to just capture the gesture of the bird. Mm-hmm. And I've done this for, for years. It's not, I think, how other people work, but it's the only thing that works for me. And the irony is that, um, oh, and I, and I, I put the better um, practice sheets in, in a big drawer, and I use them for gift wrap when I'm, um, mailing a painting to someone or filling a card order. I have all of the images in my uh, my paintings in my computer so I can print them out small so people who can't afford a painting can always buy cards. Yes. And then I wrap them in a practice sheet. Mm. And what How lovely. Is, um, this is one of my last teacher Koreans from South Korea. She said, don't throw out your practice sheets. Use them as gift wrap. Your friends will love them. The difficulty mm-hmm. is that friends frame them. Oh. <laughs> they smooth it out and they frame it, which is not what I mean. I wanted them to enjoy it, but I didn't right. think right. they would be doing that. And the last uh-huh. time I had a show, I've done had a show twice in my own apartment, not in the gallery. I don't uh, have any good friends in galleries. Um, I put on the bathroom door a long sheet, a very tall sheet of hummingbirds. It was my hummingbird mm. practice sheet, just to show people. Mm. I was selling individual birds, the, the final pictures, the final paintings. But everybody wanted to buy the practice sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did sell a few individual ones, but they wanted the practice sheet. So 
what I decided to do. I had never done this. I made chiclet prints out of the original. I sold the original to the person who'd asked first. And, and then I sold the prints to everybody else. Um, and, and still, that's what people, and I framed one of them here. And still when people come to my home, you know, that's what they stand in front of because they can see this flock of different hummingbirds. Oh, um, oh it sounds just be- really, really beautiful. Right. You can see it on the website, although it's quite small there. You know, it, it, think of something that's um, probably four or five feet high. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, with that, it's time for us to go to the break. You're listening to The Yoga Hour with our guest, Toinette Lippi, an author, editor, publisher, and artist. You can find out more about her and see her beautiful brush paintings at her website, TwanetteLippi.com. That's T-O-I-N-E-T-T-E-L-I-P-P-E.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we're going to explore more about being and doing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. that the Buddha gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that Jesus gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that both these masters taught exactly the same thing? And guess what? They did not teach the law of attraction. They taught the great paradox of prosperity. You can have anything you want. Why, you can have things you don't even know you want, but not by wanting them. Instead, put your attention on the vibrant presence of the divine within. Do that and your life will change. It has to. That is the natural order. Want to crack the code on the great paradox? Get Janet Connor's The Lotus and the Lily. Available everywhere great books are sold. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, 
hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Toinette Lippi, who is an author, editor, publisher and artist who has been studying Chinese brush painting, which we've been discussing. And her most recent book is On the Wing, Lyrical Moments, which is her first illustrated book. And you can find out more again about her on her website, uh, TwanetteLippi.com. So, Twinette, getting back to um, what we've been talking about, we were just we were really just mentioning this idea of um, how Really, in order to be in the in the present, um, whatever we're working on. In your case, you were talking about the brush painting. You know, you re, you, there's this uh, place, this space that we can inhabit where we are. We have a goal and are even working toward that goal, and yet can be in uh, in openness about the final outcome. So that, to me, then brings the topic of surrender. Um, we often have to surrender something or perhaps even many things in order to be in the, in the present moment. And this, uh, surrender, um, this, um, idea of surrender is a very important one, very central in the practices of Kriya Yoga. Uh, Ishvara Pranidhana or the, um, uh, surrender to the, to the uh, surrender of the separate self or surrender to the source, uh, surrender to the divine is one of the three key practices of Kriya Yoga, with the other two being self-study and self-discipline. And in practicing being present in the moment, that pure presence we've been discussing, we do get to practice all three. When we try to stay in the present moment, we realize how quickly our attention is drawn away. And then when we, you know, are watching this process as it unfolds, we realize, uh, you know, the kinds of, of things that draw our attention away and that in that way we're practicing self-study and then in bringing our attention back to the present moment we're practicing self-discipline and surrendering what isn't needed in the moment uh, which is part of letting go of that you know letting go of that goal so how do you see the link between practicing uh, presence that we've practicing this being that we've been discussing and self knowledge? What has attempting to be more in the present taught you about yourself? Um, I I think that uh, one of the things that has helped me is being aware of my resistance to whatever it happens to be. Um, rather than just accepting it. I mean, if this is the situation, right, you and I are on on the telephone right now, and uh, we're stuck here, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's no good. I mean, we're enjoying it, so that's good. But, you know, it could be a situation where, where we were not enjoying it. Right. But if that's the situation, it, it's, it's not helpful to, to resist it. It, 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 you, you need to let go of the idea of how things ought to be because you aren't right. running the universe. Yes. And it takes yeah, most of us probably our whole lives to acknowledge that. We always want it the way we want to have it. Right, right. And we think everybody else is wrong, relatively <laughs> speaking. <laughs> right. <laughs> We, of course, could never be wrong. Of course, never. And the other thing I find helpful is um, to, again, to acknowledge that the only constant in this life is change. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't hang on to a lot of things, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, habits and ways of doing things. You need to be open to what's occurring right now. And see mm-hmm. what needs needs to be done. You mm-hmm. you can't, you know, apply your own rules to every single thing. Does that no, make indeed. Sense? Oh yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Um, no, I was uh, reflecting on you know this this idea of of how being in the present moment really can teach us about ourselves uh, because I, at least I, tend to get distracted in a lot of the same kind of ways repeatedly. <laughs> so if I'm trying to practice yeah, being in the present alone. moment, <laughs> yeah, being, trying to practice being in the present moment and I realize my attention's been drawn away and I, and I, you know, over time you, you get a sense of, well, why that's happening. And then it teaches you about, you know, the kinds of, of little, um, Oh, byways that your mind gets drawn into, you know, repetitive thoughts, repetitive ways of seeing the world, repetitive, as you were saying, maybe annoyance that things aren't the way that you want them to be. Um, and then another key yoga practice is contentment, you know, practicing contentment, practicing being content, you know, with, with what is, because as you said, oftentimes so much of it is really not in our control. And rather than being uh, upset about that, um, trying to, um, or, or rather, not trying to, but uh, really, you know, having everything be okay. And and to me, that comes a lot from my meditation, from my meditation practice. And, and when my meditation practice is regular and steady, I find that it's easier to do that. Um, and when it's not, <laughs> I find that perhaps it's a little bit more difficult and I get caught, you know, more. So I know, again, you, you are a very long-time uh, meditator. So... Um, has your meditation practice uh, helped in your efforts to to um, to be in the present moment? Has do you think it's helped with your brush painting? Um, I I don't see meditation as separate from the mm. rest of my life. I I see living as is a spiritual practice. Yes. So. Um, I don't have to sit on a cushion to to be present, but it's right. a good reminder. Right? Um, so I I I don't draw a line really between between the two. Well, that's ideal. I mean, that is really ideal where it isn't a separate you know part, but um, you know really comes into everything that you do in your life. So. Um, 
as you have have been practicing being for these last you know many years since you originally wrote the book in two thousand and three, do you find that it gets easier? Does uh, being present in the present moment build your awareness muscles and and get easier over time? Um, what I do find, and luckily, is that um, as you grow older, your memory gets pretty bad. Um, but what I find is if I don't go looking for things in my mind, just because they don't come up immediately, if I just um, keep going with whatever, whatever I need does come back at the very moment that I need it. It floats in. Oh, yes, I need to wash this or whatever it is, you know, and making the list doesn't do it, but trusting that the computer in my head uh, has got everything figured out um, and will present a thought or a feeling or whatever it is or a task at the appropriate moment. And um, Mm -hmm. it's a great relief you know, uh, because now I've learned to trust it. Yes. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a lovely, a lovely no place when you can... no one ever told me that this might happen. So it's, it's uh. been pretty clear um, lately. I mean, I think that's the best I can describe it. So we've been talking a lot about this, you know, being in the, in the uh, uh, present moment and um and yet there are obstacles you know toward you know being in the present moment and um to being rather than doing um some people would you know present this idea of you know i'm too busy <laughs> i'm too busy to do these practices um and that and then other another uh obstacle is fear you know fear of uh change fear of slowing down fear of being alone um, so what suggestions do you have to deal with, you know, these obstacles, to deal with, with the fear, for example, you know, fear of, of a change, fear of slowing down? I've, I've noticed that a lot in myself, especially when I'm over busy. There's almost a fear of then returning, you know, into a, a slower, a slower pace. Do you have any suggestions? Well, I mean, what's clear is that when fear or any negative emotion arises, um, you're not present. Right. You're not present to it. You get, you just identify with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if this is helpful, but this is um, how I think of things. Um, it, it can be uh, phrased this way, I think, that... Um, Living is, and in these bodies, is a combination of absence, that is empty space, absence and presence, and we fluctuate back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're, um, we're caught up, say, in fear, you know, we're absent. Yeah. We're not present. It, it can also, I've seen another way of phrasing it, which is empty mind, full heart. Mm. Um, if your mind is is cluttered, it's very hard to get in touch with your heart. Mm. So um, we all have these fears of one kind or another, but but dwelling 
I was going to say on them, but in them, right? Mm. It feels more like in them. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes things worse. Um, and perhaps if if one can reach out to others, um, you know, if you're walking along the street and you suddenly are afraid of something, um, if you look to see what what is going on around you, and um, it, it could be really important. Um, I mean, something that I was um, caught up in yesterday uh, um, was I was on my way to the park, and there was a crossroads, and the light changed. And from both sides, the cars approached one another and hit one another with a big bang. And after all of the mayhem that's been all around the world for the last few days, I, I, I did something I'd never done. I, I turned my back on it and walked around the lamppost I was standing by before I could bring myself to look over and see how many people were dead. Mm. Luckily, by that time, they were out of the car examining the dents. But I was just afraid that, you know, there was that two more people were dead. Mm. Um, and and I'm glad that it only took me just going around the lamppost right, to come back into the present moment because I don't usually look look away like that. It it was just right. been a really difficult week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, what what tips, if any, would you have for someone who is just beginning? You know, just beginning on this uh, path, this practice. You know, of of uh, uh, being present uh, in the moment, focusing on being. Um, in addition to doing, I guess, <laughs> being as you as you do. Um, well, you need so. to be aware of the body. Usually, we aren't right, unless it's mm-hmm. hurting. <laughs> we tend to forget. We get caught up in our minds, and um, they take us places that are not usually in the present. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I think anchoring yourself in your body and becoming slightly aware of it is a great help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, looking out to others and see what they need um, rather than getting caught up in what we need. Right. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I try to do. Um, I, f- I feel that we're all here for one another. And yes. we, we can't, you know, we all be hermits. It only works if we all care for one another. Right. Even if we're right. not mad, so, right? You know, if somebody falls, you know, I will run forward yeah. to try and catch them. I don't have to be yes. introduced. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so that's lovely. So uh, the way that we that I started the meditation you know, of focusing on the breath is a tool that we always have. Yes. And it does bring you into, into your body. And really mm-hmm. noticing the sensations of breathing even is a way to bring yourself into your body. Immediately, um, as I mentioned, the you know feeling of the air, you know, as it flows in uh, when it's cooler and flows out and it's warmer, and and then the feeling of what what parts of your body are moving? Are your ribs moving? Is your belly moving? You know what 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 is moving as we take as we take a breath? Um, 
So we're coming to the very end of the show, and I know that um, there was a bit about your philosophy that you wanted to share uh, with the listeners. So perhaps we can close with that. Okay. Um, I can't really claim this to be my philosophy other than the fact that I've adopted it, but in uh-huh. the early 70s, I worked on an edition of the Tao Te Ching, the Taoist classic, and... Um, with photographs, and uh, it's now sold well over a million copies. Um, And the moment came when I had to write the jacket copy, and I kept putting that off um, because it's very difficult to do, and I wondered, you know, who I thought I was trying to... um, I was really daunted to reducing this 6th century BC classic to a single paragraph. Right. And so finally, you know, I sat down and, and I just began to type. And I wouldn't change a word of it since I have tried to live my life this way and I hope it will be read at my memorial service. Here it is. Mm. It says basically what you and I have been talking about. Accept what is in front of you without wanting the situation to be other than it is. Study the natural order of things and work with it rather than against it. For to try to change what is only sets up resistance. Nature provides everything without requiring payment or thanks. It does so without discrimination. So let us present the same face to everyone and treat them all as equals, however they may behave. If we watch carefully, we will see that work proceeds more quickly and easily if we stop trying, if we stop making an extra effort, if we stop looking for results. In the clarity of a still and open mind, truth will be reflected. We will come to appreciate the original meaning of the word understand, which means stand under. We need to serve whatever or whoever stands before us without any thought for ourselves. Day, which may be translated as virtue or strength, lies always in Tao, meaning the way or natural law. In other words, Simply be. Mm, what a what a lovely summary for our conversation. That was that was really beautiful. So you thank you, you thank Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> We've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien, and we've been discussing "Live Your Authentic Life" with special guest Toinette Lippi, an author, editor, publisher, and artist. We've been talking about her book, Caught in the Act, Reflections on Being, Knowing, and Doing. And you can find out more about her at her website, TwanetteLippi.com. It's T-O-I-N-E-T-T-E-L-I-P-P-E.com. So once again, Twanette, thank you so much for joining us. It's been wonderful. Thank you. So next week, there'll be an encore presentation on yoga therapy, yoga as powerful medicine for the body, mind, and spirit from the original date of August 21st, uh, 2014 with guest Timothy McCall. For those listening, in June 2017, there's an upcoming retreat for women with Yogacharya O'Brien and Acharya Shunya on June uh, 25th to 30th, uh, 2017. Um, And you can find out more about that at CSE's website, csecenter.org. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. Again, the website, csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to 
uh, to Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. of us have heard someone say, I've learned my lesson. I'll never do that again. All too rarely do we hear, that was a wonderful lesson. I'm glad it happened just the way it did, even though I was uncomfortable going through it. I now understand why I experienced the pain. With this new awareness, I can change my behavior so I won't make the same mistake in the future. We bear a good part of the responsibility for creating both the positive and the negative situations we experience in daily life. Wisdom comes from understanding the result of our choices and realizing that we can always choose differently. By fearlessly confronting the role you play in the experiences you may have judged as mistakes in your life, you can make future experiences fruitful and increase your wisdom. This Law of Life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 
1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 